0: Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. And Join me as always is the glorious League Freak who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm pretty good, Andrew. How are you doing? Not bad. We're getting good at doing double takes on the intro.
1: Yeah, sometimes you've got to just perfect it and uh, we're perfecting things as we go.
0: Yeah, we took something perfect and then perfected it.
1: Exactly. We took perfection and just shined it up a
0: little bit. That, that's what we do here. Mm. You know, um, today you you got to sit down and have a, uh, a a brief chat with a special guest. Tell us about it, mate. Yeah, I got to talk to. Uh, I call him Rugby
1: League Week Mile because he worked for Rugby League Week for so long. He works for Channel Nine now, obviously. Um, one of the he's got probably got one of the biggest followings on Twitter for anybody in rugby league. And yeah, it was a real pleasure to talk to him. He's somebody that I, I know when we started the podcast, he was one of the first people that I kind of wanted to talk to. And yeah, it was fantastic to finally get a chance to have a chat with him.
0: That's right. And so I suppose we won't waste your time anymore. Sit back and, and check, check out uh, league freak chatting with the mole. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us,
1: Molly. Um, First of all, it's been a it's been a pretty interesting off season because we had some really big news with Sonny Bill Williams uh, coming back to rugby league on the, on the biggest deal ever. But then it went really quiet, apart from the Littrell Mitchell stuff. When does it start to ramp up for you and start getting busy? When you start getting all of these leads and stuff?
2: Well, freaky! To be honest, it, it's always busy in that. Uh, as you know, there, there's rumours flying left, right, and centre. Uh, Uh, Today, for instance, there's a video of a a league player and his girlfriend doing the rounds that uh, everyone's talking about. Uh, I I prefer to to stick to the footy. uh, And there's always stuff about players changing clubs, you know, with the the Luttrell thing was, was kind of like a, a Domino's thing where, where if, you know, he went to a club, then someone else would go somewhere else, similar with Jai Arrow, like South's desperate to, to get him. That That's an ongoing saga. Uh, the Titans won't let him go un, unless they get a, a player in, in return. So there, there, there's always um, stuff going on. And, and, and the question I get asked more than any other is a very simple one. It's, you know, who is my club going to sign? for this yeah. season. So that, that, that's what the fans want to know. And the hard part is uh, separating fact from fiction.
1: Yeah, and that's something like, I mean, you've done it for years and years now. You've been really good at getting really good mail on who's going where and what's going on in the game. And, I mean, that's why everybody knows you. Um, what is it like, though, when you, get, when you get told by, say, a club or a player or a manager that this is happening and you go to print with it and then they change their mind i mean that's got to be frustrating because i mean it happens it's happened to me as well
2: yeah it is it, it, it's scary and uh you know because your your reputation can take an absolute battering it, it, mm. it's easier now in these days of social media i've got to say i mean five years ago um i was working for rugby league which we, which we know is is no longer with us you know we'd We'd put that to bed on a Monday and it'd come out on a Thursday. So, as you can imagine, so much can change in those three days, let, let alone a few hours. And, and, and that's a thing um, fans just don't seem to understand. I mean, a story can be right at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, you know uh, as an example, Latrell could have been going to the Tigers. Uh, then South's coming with a better offer. And he's going to the south. So, you know, th- things change. It, it, it's like uh, any business negotiation. Um, you know, there, there's constant uh, changing of minds, constant uh, shifting. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's just another dynamic that, that makes it uh, very difficult. And uh, you got to be careful because, uh, you know, if, if things change and you theoretically get it wrong, you get absolutely smashed by the uh, keyboard warriors. Yeah, I've seen you actually
1: get hammered when, a, like, a player has signed with a club that you've said they were going to sign with, but it didn't happen. Like in the few days you said it was going to, it happened a couple of days later. It's very strange to me, but anyway. Um,
2: yeah, what, and and w- w- with this, um, you know, the world of social media these days. I, you know, in in the last twelve months, I've I've had two or three players come back and say, you know, a, a put absolute. Uh, crap on, on on my story, saying, Miley, where, where do you make this rubbish up? And next thing... Uh uh, the story comes true, you know, and then uh, I think players have just got to be smarter because in the end, uh, you know, they they look good for a day or so, and I get smashed by the fans. But in the end, they they look very silly, and their their credibility is shot. And you know, I, I, I call them on it. And I say, you know, you you've lied to your own fans. It's a it's a pretty low act, but uh, again, this is the the world we live in now.
1: Yeah, and no, it's weird because I I think that it's not needed either. Like I think that a player wouldn't lose anything if they said, yeah, look, I, I, I'm not real sure just yet, or I'm still weighing it up. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I've seen a couple of those instances where they have, they've absolutely hammered you and everyone jumps on board, of course, but uh, I mean, you end up being proven right. That's why you've had such a, a long and great career. So um, yeah, when you've, when something like that happens, do you, do you work out who you can talk to in the game And they do give you good mail and who basically, they'll talk to you, but, you know, you just don't go to print with it or don't put it out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of wannabe journalists, a lot of wannabe newsbreakers out there. Mm. And and a lot of people who, who contact me and say, hey, Molly, you know, well Latrell's going here, Latrell's going there, and you know, I just use Latrell as an example because he's been the biggest story in the last few weeks, as as you pointed out. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's uh, it's very different, and, and sometimes it's almost trial and error. You know, sometimes you think, well, this guy seems to to know what he's talking about. Uh, you know, I'll run with it, and sometimes you do get burned. I mean, I've, I've got stories wrong. Um, you know, it uh, it's something that. Uh, all journo's have from time to time, and and you you've got to live with it. Uh, when it happens, you've just got to ride out the storm, and uh, you know, wait for the next story, sort of thing.
1: On the other end of the scale, you tend to have. It seems like through social media, anyway, and the banter that we see with some players, really good relationships with some players as well. I mean, that must be nice for a journalist because. I, I know that there's very much a standoffish sort of feeling uh, amongst a lot of people in the game to journalists, but it seems like you have cultivated a lot of trust with a lot of people and and you've got a good relationships with some players.
2: Yeah, that's right. And uh, there, there are some players out there who uh, who are great. Uh, uh, by and large, I, I'm convinced that, that clubs don't like that, they, they want to keep uh, players and journos as far apart as possible, mm. but it, it's good to see, and it's usually some of the more uh, seasoned veteran players who can, can think for themselves, mm. uh, who, who aren't afraid to uh, to go on social media and say, hey, hey g'day Molly how's things, or thanks for the wrap, uh, that sort of thing, and yeah, I, I think it, it definitely adds to your credibility, that's for sure.
1: One of the things I wanted to I wanted to get some of your opinions on things that were happening in the game, because as we were saying just earlier, uh, you don't get to give your opinions on too many issues within the game. Otherwise, you'll get absolutely smashed and people say, well, you're supposed to be a journalist, you're supposed to be objective. And it's like, you know, you just want to talk about footy like the rest of us do. Um, So just a couple of subjects. Do you think that, and this is once again with the Latrell Mitchell thing, which I thought this was a weird argument, but do you think the salary cap is working in the NRL the way it was intended? or And do you think that we're getting the right outcome for the game anyway, even if the salary cap, is there's maybe little ways around it, which I don't think there's that many ways around it these days, to be honest. But do you think it's working overall?
2: Well, Freaker, uh, I've got to tell you, I, I'm convinced and I've had evidence uh, stuff that I can't print because I'd get sued mm. um, you know people have to understand libel laws and what you can say and what you can't say but there are quite a few clubs that that cheat the cap uh, you know they they do it in some ways that are out and out shady some ways that uh, are, are grey areas but um, you know the the, the cap is a, is a bit of a standing joke uh, among clubs and player managers who find ways around it, uh, and uh, the one thing that that I can point out that that does make it uh, less fair, particularly the, to the battling clubs, the the likes of the Titans and the Tigers, is, is the third-party agreements, which mm-hmm. uh, you know the the struggling clubs uh, uh, really have problems with, whereas uh, the rich clubs uh, can offer players and. Obviously, if a player's talking to a club that can offer him uh, TPAs uh, and a club that's not, it, it's it's not hard to see which, which club he'll go to. Uh, now, that's legal, but uh, it, it's a bit of a flaw in the cap in that uh, it just makes it harder for the uh, the poorer clubs and we can see the, the gulf between the, the rich clubs and the poor clubs is getting bigger and that that's something that uh, is not good for the game.
1: Do you think that... Some of that, though, comes down to how well the club, it, it, like just whatever club it is that they're run, like the better clubs tend to be able to attract these third-party agreements for players, whereas you get a, a club that might not be run as well and they just don't have that ability to attract that extra money into their their player base, basically.
2: Yeah, that's definitely part of it, but, but a lot of it comes down to uh, you know, how big the club is. Uh, the one team towns obviously have an advantage. I mean, you, you look at the Broncos, they're, they're very powerful. Uh, um, a lot of the Sydney club struggle because, um, as you know, it, it, it's basically one market and there's eight or nine clubs all, all fighting for basically the, the same corporate dollars. But uh, uh, you're right in the sense you, you look at the Roosters and how and well they're run. Uh, you know they they attract far more corporate sponsorship than most Sydney or well, the most clubs in the game, I'd venture to say. And uh, of course, uh, it's no coincidence they're back-to-back premiers. So yeah, I mean Jack Gibson, um, you know the legendary coach used to say that uh, you know you, you you've got to be strong at the top, and uh, I guess that uh, is basically what you're saying there. Yeah,
1: 100%. Um- is there something within the rugby league season that's rugby league related that you look forward to every year, like state of origin time or just finals time in general? Is there something that's, that's your thing that you love about the rugby league season?
2: Uh, well, Freaky, this will probably get me offside with a few people, but I, uh, I, I am not a, f- a huge fan of origin in that. Oh, really? Uh, I think we've got a great competition. Goes for you know 26 rounds, but mm-hmm. for almost a third of the season, you know, we've got split rounds. We've got games that should be great games with, with players sitting out, uh, all for the sake of, of three matches. Uh, Oh, I would like to think that there's a better way of doing it. Um, having said that, uh, what I do like, I mean, I, I I love love the games. I just love the the week to week, you know, the 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 combat, and I guess I I love the the fairy tale stories, the underdogs getting up, uh, you know, games that teams have no right to win, which they just uh, guts it out and and beat uh, better teams and. Uh, you know that that seems to still be happening, even though, as well, we said a minute ago, there's a big gulf between the the rich and the poor clubs, and there's there's nothing better than than seeing a uh, a battling club uh, get over the top of a supposed uh, super club.
1: Yeah, I, like I always find. The times when you, you're proven wrong, when you go into a game and you think, oh, this is going to be a walkover and you're proven wrong and there's nothing you can put your finger on other than they just wanted it more. I find that that's something special that rugby league has that a lot of other sports would love to have
2: yeah that's right and you can sometimes you, you can just smell it in the first five minutes you mm. you think as you said uh, uh you know this is going to be a walk in the park but uh, all, all of a sudden in that first five minutes the uh, the team that's not supposed to win he's just coming out and Belting blokes and competing harder for the football, and uh, maybe getting the bounce of the ball go their way. And you you can see uh, an upset brewing. And uh, it doesn't always happen, of course. There's plenty of times where, you know, the underdog's leading at the 60th minute and the good team comes home and wins uh, with a wet sail, but I mean that's uh, that's a great contest too. You you can't ask for more than that. A uh, you know a game that goes down to the wire, and haven't we seen a lot of those in the last few years? So uh, I think the the product itself is great. I, you know there, there's a lot long wrong with rugby league. We could talk about referees all day. We could talk about the bunker all day and the salary cap but at the end of the day it's a great product you know the the players are amazing athletes they're they're doing things that players you know 20 30 years ago could only have dreamt about you know just uh, some of those dives for for tries we see as an example Mm. and uh you know it's one thing we can't complain about The, the game itself is great i think that's why the the fans keep coming back
1: so you like the current, because I'm a big fan of the way the balance in rugby league right now on the field, the current style of football, I just think they should not touch the rules at all and just leave it. I love it. You, Do you feel the same way or is there a, something from the past you would like to bring back? Like, I mean, I hear people saying we should bring back the five metre rule. I think they're crazy. But is there something that, like, do you just like the balance that we've got right now or do you think that there's anything that should be changed?
2: Yeah, if anything, I'd, I'd just like to quicken things up a bit. Um, the, the the scrums, to me, uh, I mean contested scrums we can never go back to that but every time uh there's a scrum I know there's a shot clock for it but it just seems to take forever you you look at the the old games from the 70s and players would run 30 meters to a scrum and it'd be down in five seconds uh it seems these days uh uh, we almost have a tea party I'd like to see (laughs) I think the shot clock for the scrum is 30 seconds I'd like to see it reduced to 20 because the momentum seems to, to go out of the game, you know, players go down injured, uh, players have a drink, players have a chat uh, and, you know, we're, we're talking uh, the average game probably has 10, 15 scrums, so it's just totally uh, halts the momentum. So, uh, I think it's something the NRL could look at and, and very easily fix, It'd just quicken things up and uh, and the fans would be happier.
1: Now, just a couple more questions. Um, Who do you think is going to win it this year? Like, a lot of people are going to say the Roosters, but I think they've lost – I mean, they've lost a lot of talent this off-season, and I think people are going to overlook that. But is there somebody else that you think that maybe um, is set up for this year and is starting to look good?
2: Well, Friggy, uh, without uh, blowing my own trumpet, I tipped the Roosters two years ago. I tipped mm-hmm. them last year, and uh, I'm tipping again. I've, I've got oh, a well. huge respect for Trent Robinson. Uh, sure, uh, Cooper Cronk's going to be a big loss. Luttrell's going to be a loss, but uh, they, they've just got plenty of depth. They've got all, all the players in the right positions. I think Luke Keery will step up with uh, Cronk gone. Uh, their forwards are, are just awesome. Uh, uh, you know, they've, they've got players in all all the best positions and and probably the, the best fullback in the game in Tedesco. And uh, fullback is, is such a key position in the modern game. So, um, you know, it'll be tough for them this year, you're right. But uh, I just think they've, they've got, uh, you know, Everything in place, they're a strong organisation, uh, they're smart. Nick, Nick Politis runs a, a very tight ship. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's a three in a row. And, of course, that hasn't happened since the, the days of Parramatta in the early 1980s.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that would, if they can win three in a row, especially in this sort of NRL salary cap era, uh, that you start putting them in the category of, like, where, where are they in the greatest teams of all time as well? Because getting three in a row... Uh, it's it's unbelievable in this day and age. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, even two in a row. I mean, it's been mm. you know over twenty years since that happened, so mm. it shows just how competitive things are. And and um, you know, some people say it, it, it's a good thing that um, you know we have a different premier every year, and and I, I can agree with that. But but also, if, if a team gets a bit of a, a dynasty going, um, you know, you you look at the St George team that won um eleven straight premierships, you would think that would've got boring, but league was never stronger. I mean, you I see old footage of those games and in the pouring rain with with a lot of grounds having no grandstands, the the uh, grounds were full. So, uh, you know, I I think a team gets a bit of an aura to it and that Roosters team is getting it now and uh, every team wants to knock them off. And, uh, you know, it's a a massive weekly challenge and uh, it's going to create plenty of interesting games over the next, uh, you know, seven, eight months, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. You kind of need that standard to aim for and, and need to overcome i think the storm had that for a little while too it turned out that they were smashing the cap but they still had it um (laughs) so okay so last couple of questions i've got for you um is there one story in your career that you would put forward and say that's my best work or that's that is something i was really proud of that moment there
2: Mm -hmm. Mate, it, 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 it's a bit of a, a left field one. And it, it happened at Rugby League Week probably 10 or so years ago with uh, uh, just a battling front rower called uh, Ray Cashmere who was playing lower grades for the Dragons. Uh, the Dragons d- had no plans to use him. Um, Tim Sheen, a good mate of mine, wanted to get him to the Tigers. I started a campaign in League Week, uh, free Ray Kashmir, And... Um, <laughs> Uh, after a couple of weeks, uh, the the Dragons, through the, the pressure that created, uh, relented, and he went on to play like two seasons of first grade at, at the Tigers. And I don't know why, but I I just feel like, you know, that, that story achieved something, yeah. uh, the, the Dragons did the right thing and it enabled a, a, a battling, really no-name player to, to finish his career in, in first grade. And uh, I just got a lot of satisfaction out of that one.
1: That's amazing. That's cool. I, there's something about those players that like they're not fringe first graders, but just the honest to goodness first grader that doesn't get headlines. Like I would love to talk to a bunch of them because uh, I think that they've got the interesting stories. The superstars, they turn up, they're going to play every week if they want. But it's them them guys that have to really bust their ass every week and that their job could be taken by an 18-year-old that has a good couple of weeks in the lower grades I always find that those those players are the really interesting stories in rugby league
2: yeah that's right and it's it's so competitive as you say I mean you uh, you you miss a week you know a, a young kid comes in and uh, does well and uh, you know you you could be sitting the next 10 weeks in reserve grade and and that's why a a lot of guys uh, play wounded uh, because they're they're terrified of losing their spots and you you kind of feel for them Uh, as you say the, the superstars they've got it all laid out on a plate for them and you know if they have a bad game uh you know they'll cop a bit of criticism, but they know they're going to be there next week. But uh, as you say, the, the the battlers, you know, they've they've got to produce every week or they're out. And uh, and there's a a hell of a lot more battlers in the game than superstars. So yeah, it's it's another uh, no. uh, angle of the game that that is so uh, intriguing every week to to see these guys uh try to to match it with the superstars.
1: Now, you had a, a podcast last year. we are going to see on that podcast again this year?
2: Yeah, we're looking for a sponsor. So uh, if, if we you all? know anyone out there with a, <laughs> a, a, a bit of pull, yeah. uh, it was getting good numbers. Uh, I did it with my mate Matt Cleary, another yeah. veteran journo, and uh, the, the feedback was good. We were, we we're getting plenty of listeners. So, uh, yeah, any sponsors out there want to uh, get behind the podcast, uh, drop me a line.
1: Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate you taking your time. Everyone, follow Molly on uh, Twitter. He's very easy to find. You've got so many followers. It's absolutely incredible. I remember when you pretty much joined it. It's great. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us and, uh, you know, have a great season and look forward to reading your work during the year.
2: was well, my pleasure, Freaky, and uh, you have a good one too.
0: Thank you. Well, there we go. That was a bloody good chat there, mate. Yeah, it was a uh,
1: pretty good interview. It was uh, short and sharp and, and fantastic. I was really interested to um, hear his points of view on the salary car pay hey? because I tend to think that it works all right. But he uh, he said that, you know, he's seen for himself that, you know, there's some issues with it. I thought that was really interesting. But, yeah, it seems like a really great bloke to talk to. I'd like to get him on again in the future. And, um yeah just ask him his opinions about stuff rather than focusing on the the things that he's had to report uh in his job I always think that it's you know he's been around the game for a long time and there there wouldn't be too many times that people would really get a chance to ask him what he thinks about the game so I tried to do that a little bit um rather than asking the same old question so I hope everyone enjoyed it and I want to thank uh, Moley for coming on. He was fantastic with his
0: time. Yeah, no, he did well. Um, I suppose on the salary cap thing, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I I think it's the game is better for it than if it mm-hmm. wasn't around. Mm-hmm. And I know I said on a, another uh, recent episode, and that was, you know, you think if you're a club other than one of the, the big few financially, mm-hmm. would your team be better off if there was no salary cap? And the answer is always going to be no. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah there can be tweaks to it but I think it's I think it's better that it exists than if it didn't
1: Yeah definitely 100% and like you know we've had times in the game's history where it hasn't existed we've had times where teams have absolutely smashed the salary cap and and it's really stood out so um there's a lot of discussion in Super League right now about their salary cap and we actually saw in rugby union in England uh, where one team absolutely annihilated the salary cap and they're they're relegating them because of that it was Saracen's so you know there's there's a lot of uh, angst about salary cap but I think in the NRL look it, it does the job we kind of needed to do it gives you an evenish competition it helps with talent equalization it's not perfect but I think it it does kind of what we need it to
0: yeah I think the only tweaking would be with the third-party arrangements, that's probably about it. I think yeah. the mechanics of the of the Sutter cap itself are pretty damn solid. Pretty
1: much, yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, look, if if they're all getting around it by a little bit, then, you know, the, as long as they're in the same ballpark, really, and we've said this before, the teams that are towards the bottom of the ladder tend to be the teams that are poorly run. So, and once those teams get their act together, they can go up the ladder pretty quickly. You know, they can turn things
0: around quickly and that's yeah. a function of the salary
1: cap in itself.
0: That's right. I mean, the Roosters are a prime example of it. You look at where they were throughout the um, mid to late eighties and early nineties.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah were... they were
0: nowhere. They were a nothing club for a
1: long, long time. And, um, you know, they've turned it around. I look at teams. like, I mean, some of the teams that have won premierships, and wooden spoons in the last 20 years. I mean, that shows that the salary cap on
0: some level works. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, what else did did, um, did you talk about that you wanted to have a quick yarn about? Um, that was the main one that stood out. I think that the
1: the other thing was, the thing I like about Moley is, and he talked about it just briefly, he focuses on the footy stuff, you know, he doesn't get into the other, some of the off field stuff that you see other news organizations and other media types really get into. And, and that's one of the things I like about him. We give journalists on here a lot of grief. Um, I think Molly's one of the good ones and there's not many of them that I'd say that about, but I I do, I think he's one of the good ones. and, And that's why it was so nice to talk to him and, um, yeah he just seemed like a really nice bloke I guess that's the main thing
0: yeah I've known him for a while he is a he's definitely a good bloke um, I think I think in the past he may have dabbled only occasionally in some of the smutty stories, but only after they'd already been broken yeah and it was like providing updates but it doesn't tend to be something that he, he's interested in spending much time in yeah um, yeah I'll, look and some some of the things, you kind of do have to address because
1: they're, they're out there. And I mean, that's his job too. You know, the other thing that was interesting talking to him about was um, when, uh, when I said about when players or managers or whatever, they change their mind. And I, I said that it must be annoying. And he said, it's scary. And, and it was because he, basically trades on uh his word in it, you know if if everything he says is wrong then you know he's nowhere and that's why he's been so successful because his strike rate is amazing and you know he gets stories out there that people don't even know our stories and when he when he described it as scary i thought that that was really interesting because it showed how important it was to him and
0: what it meant to him yeah, um, the one thing that stood out for me is I wish Tim Sheens had have chased someone other than Ray Kashmi. And no, <laughs> no slur on Ray Kashmir. He was a solid yeah. toiler for the club, but, yeah. you know, we could have done with someone, you know, Darren Lockyer. <laughs> Free Lockyer. Free Lockyer, yeah. Yeah, that would have been handy. See, that, that, that That's a slight on Tim Sheens and no one else. <laughs> See, this is an idea, right? What if, like, we befriend the Moley,
1: right? And then we ask him, like, can you just do a free, I don't know, who would you, like, who, who would be a cool player to get into your team? Tom
0: Malolo. Yeah,
1: free Tom Malolo. The Panthers need him really badly. He's just, you know, that contract, it's too long.
0: Do you reckon Don't... he would work his magic still?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he's still got it. He's still got the, the magic touch for sure.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He could make it happen. That'd be the way to go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was a damn good chat, mate. Um good job there. Um, Thank you. I'm glad to have helped out. Yeah, look, I couldn't have done it with you. It's funny because uh
1: when I it was it's always weird when I do a podcast with you. I've only done one before. And uh, But with this one, I, I knew that we'd kind of do it in this format. We haven't done it in this format before where we've done a, an intro and an outro to, to an interview. Um, and, yeah, so it's cool to be able to do that and talk to you about the
0: interview. Yeah, especially. It shows that we're also editing masters.
1: We really are. Um, we, we've got uh, production background now between the two of us.
0: With, this this uh, is going to be very handy skills to have when we go through all of those deleted episodes and we start piecing crap together. Yeah, yeah. I play, I do plan on doing that. We've got some
1: that I believe there is content in there that we can cut out and put out there without any, you know, legal issues.
0: I've, <laughs> and, I've gone through the entire um, episode with Nadine. Yeah. And... I believe there's seven words in there that we can use. Yeah, yeah. Um, not all together in in one sentence, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah. We'll take we some major to, surgery in that one. We might have to chop it up into bits.
1: I listened to the one that we did with Carsten, Carsten Brummer.
0: Oh, yes, they had less words we could use.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, man, they're
0: two great episodes. I really wish we could put them out in full, but we just cannot. No, no. Unless you want to give us a lot of money and listen to it privately. Yeah, how um, much money
1: would you... Just say we started selling those episodes. Oh, how much would you have to sell them for?
0: Let's start it with at least 20k each.
1: Yeah, it's got to be enough that you can say, listen, this has to support <laughs> me through some difficult times that are coming up.
0: <laughs> yes. And if you make it public, you've got to also pay our legal costs. Yeah. We, be... We're, we're going to cover our asses from us. out of breakfast time on this one. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for everyone to tune in on this um, interesting episode. And thanks, Molly, again for um, for being a guest. Mm-hmm. You can check us out on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. You can drop us a line via email at... Uh, Podcast at LeagueFreak.com. That's the one. Um Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, God knows everywhere. Get in there, like us, follow us, support us. Whatever you got to do, and tell your friends. Just say to your friends, "Listen, I've been
1: listening to this podcast. It's bloody amazing. Uh, you should check it out." And yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and yeah, leave us some um, some feedback on your podcast provider. Yeah, good reviews. We'll always read out. Absolutely, and um, you can either just take a screenshot of it and send it to, you know, tag it to the post, the podcast account, or to Freaky or myself. Mm-hmm. We'll read it out in the next show. Yeah, one hundred percent. We love it. Bloody oath, we do. We thrive on feedback. Yeah, it's great. Jeez. and And uh, I suppose on that note, we'll wrap this this sucker up, eh? Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you next time.